0: Good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Dalit. I'm going to go from the Mishnah, um, fifth last line of Yud Gimel Amud Beis 13b. Today's shir is Leilu Nishmas Hayelech Moshe Zalman Ben Alexander Zev Halevi and Ben Zion Ben Zev Avram Halevi. It is also for Rofuch shlema of Let me just get the name Shulamit Esther Bas Tzipora Devora. Okay. So the mission starts, we're now going to discuss more details of the Korah. Remember, the Korah is the crossbeam. So what happened is you have the regular Maboy, obviously it's, a, it's, a, it's walled on three sides, the Chatseros, the courtyards opening into this Maboy. And at the entrance of the Maboy, the way you fixed it is you put a crossbar, a crossbeam across the entrance. Now we're going to discuss the requirements of that crossbeam. Okay, so the Mishnah says, This kohra that we've been talking about, uh, that you're using to make an Eruv in your Maboi, Rechavu Kadei it has to be wide enough to hold the Orech, a brick. It says, what, how wide is that? For Orech chatzilevena shall shloish tfachim. An Orech is half a Levena, which is three tfachim. Levena was a certain standard type brick that they had that was three tfachim, so we're discussing, in a long way we've said, a uh, one and a half tefach. So this, Brick that we're discussing this oriach is one and a half tefach. He says, It's sufficient that this cross beam is one tefach wide to hold the oriach along its width. I, one and a half tefach. Show you just a little bit easier with the diagram. Yeah, you can imagine the oriach. It's a, they say it's three tefachim long. And it's one and a half tefach wide and as long as this beam, this cross beam, is one tefach wide, it is sufficient. The Gemara is going to ask, but that sounds like, why tell us one and a half tefach when the beam only has to be one tefach? Shouldn't the beam have to be one and a half tefach? We'll see that in the Gemara. The Gemara, the Mishnah carries on. It has to be wide enough to support our riach. Uh, this brick and it also has to be strong enough so again we're speaking about a standard brick which had a specific weight so the beam has to be able to hold that rashi explains this for behind these rulings why does the cross beam have to have any of these requirements so rashi says should take so that in your mind it's significant enough to be part of the building to build a little bit on top of it i it has to have a certain significance. If it's too flimsy or too thin or too thin, then it's basic. I guess we can say maybe out of sight, out of mind. But when it has the significance that it's a real beam, then it's significant to act as let's let's say a heker. Maybe it's mechitz, but a heker that um, to to the, to uh, to roof partition up the maboy so you can carry in it. Rabbi Ayme Rebihuda says No, it just has to be as wide as a tefach but it doesn't have to be strong. It says ilu hi If it was straw or reeds you can view it raw in you can view it as if it's metal. And it's got nothing to do with its actual physical capability that's just got to be big enough to be noticeable. A akuma. What happens if it's bent? We view it as if it's straight. I, if this brick, we'll discuss this more in the Gemara. But it's simply at the moment, let's understand it as if it is um, it's 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 bent out of shape or something. As long as it can still, you view it as if it's flat, and then it would be good. And um, even though in Oriach this brick can't necessarily balance on it, um, akula. If the beam is wide, around, so instead of using a flat beam, you're using more like a tube shaped beam. View it as if it is square, Aye, as if it's a rectangle, but how big does it have to be? As long as it is three circumference, then you can be confident that the width is a tefach. Um, that would be along these lines. You see, if you, you have this tube as long, if you would wrap a string around it, that street vachim, then that would be a tefach. Discuss a bit further. Is that uh, mathematically accurate? We'll discuss m- all of these points in the Mishnah. So the Gemara starts off tefach, tefach um, You said that the beam only has to be a. Tefach wide, but it should have to be a tefach and a half wide to support this beam. So into the cable Tefach, since this cross beam, this koira, is wide enough to support a tefach. Just put a little bit of plaster or cement on either side of the beam and it will support this brick. So that's why it only has to be a tefach, even though the brick is a tefach and a half wide said, This, obviously, as we said in the Mishnah, this beam has to be strong enough to support the weight of the Ariach. But if it's held in place by pegs or it's balanced on things, the thing supporting the cross beam, they don't have to be strong enough to support the Ariach and the Ariach, just the Ariach. And you can imagine that there's a on this crossbeam. Al-Chizda says, no, if you've got something supporting the crossbeam, that thing supporting the crossbeam has to be able to support the crossbeam and the imaginary orriach, the imaginary brick that you're placing on the crossbeam. Rav says, New point. Rav says, So you had a you had a crossbeam, and you thought, you know, to make it a better partition, I'm going to hang a mat from it. So now not only do you have the cross beam at the top over the entrance of the mabui, you also have the mat hanging down in front of the, the mabui. He says, If the mat is three tfachim above the ground, it doesn't go all the way to the ground, it goes three tfachim above the ground, it doesn't serve the purpose as a koira, and it doesn't serve the purpose as a partition. It doesn't serve the purpose as a koira because it is, covered. You can't see the Korah. And it doesn't count as a mechitza because it's a mechitza that kids, young goats, can just walk through. Uh, in other words a mechitza teluya, we haven't expressed it in the Mesech in this way, but we have mentioned the similar halacha, that the mechitza, if the, if, it's, if the mechitza doesn't reach the ground, the mechitza tluya, then it's not a valid mechitza. And and the reason we say that is because anything that young goats could just go through easily doesn't count as a mechitza. So remember, we saw this early in the Mesech, if you have a ruin, it could be any wall, but a ruin, which has like 10 tfogim high up, and then there's a big gap between the ground. That doesn't count as a mechitza because it's hanging. Young goats could just walk through it very easily. So less than 3 tfogim. Well, then you would have Lovud, you would be able to say it is a good mechitza. Ramon Shimon ben Gamliel, Shimon ben Gamliel says, Pachos midalit ein Tzarech lahevi kohra acheres, Arba'ah, but if it is fort vachim Tzarech lahevi kohra acheres, you would have to bring another kohra. Remember, we saw this also earlier, that we generally say, how many, how, what's the largest space before we can say Lovud? I Remember, Lovud is this concept of viewing two things that are near each other as if they're attached. I Something just above the ground as if it's on the resting on the ground. So we generally say that's three, Tvachim. But you must always keep in the back of your mind, whenever we say three, Tvachim, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamniel, he holds four, Tvachim. So he holds you have more space. So that's, so again, there's no real machlokes in the concept here of this mechitza doesn't work. It's just how big is Lovud. now a new point okay, there are many different, there are many, some of these cases that we're going to address there are many different ways in the Rishonim of learning it to keep it straightforward I'm going to learn just one way maybe I'll mention another way but I'll learn just one way um, but keep in mind that this isn't the only way to learn it so if you have two beams that are lying next to each other this one doesn't have the strength to hold the ariach, and this one doesn't have the strength, sorry, to support the ariach. they they both very thin. Let's say they're both half a tefach. If when put together they can support the width of the ariach, which is a tefach, I it has to together they have to be a tefach wad. And you don't have to bring another The im you would have to bring Another kaira. So again, what's this case? If you have two thin beams next to each other, if together they make up a tefach, so you could balance the soriach on them, then it's a good beam. Rabbi Shimon Mgambil adds a fact. He says, he says, Even if they can't support the soriach along its width, but they can support it along its length, then that is good enough. This is, um, that would be this diagram as you can see. The two beams are far apart, they are both very narrow, so they would not be able to balance the Ariach, but if you situate them correctly, you could be able to support the Ariakh. That is a good. Together they make a sufficient cross beam. A new point, if you have one above and one below, so that's kind of this diagram, it's not so clear from this diagram, but it seems they're not necessarily in line with each other, or maybe if they are in line with each other, but the main point is, I think that they're not, I think they're supposed to, I didn't do this diagram so accurately, I think they're not supposed to be in line with each other at the entrance, but one's higher up on the Mabui wall, and one's a bit lower down on the Mabui wall. Says, what do you do, Rabbi Yoisi, the son of Rabbi Yudah says, View it as if they are in line with each other. As long as you're the Uh, The top beam is not higher than 20 amos, and the bottom beam is not lower than 10 fachim. Remember, we've learned this earlier, that for a kaira to be valid, it has to be higher than 10 fachim, and it also has to be lower than 20 amos. So he's saying as long as both of these beams are in, in that range, you can view them as if they're next to each other. And if they can support a beam next to each other, well, then it would be a good Koura, and if not, it would be an invalid chora. Important to note, we're now raising this concept, and we're going to see it over the next few lines. Um, we're going to see it over the, um, we're going to see it quite a, coming up a few times. Ra'in. We view it as if. I This beam, each beam is half a tefach. They're not wide enough to support an ariach, a brick by themselves, but together, if you would place them next to each other, they would be. So we say "roin." You can view it as if they next to each other. "Roin" literally means we see it. We can view it as if. Right, so that's what you're doing. This concept of "roin," I'll show you just to highlight the concept, and we'll, we'll we'll say it explicitly in the Gomorrah soon. But we said, like Rabbi said, it doesn't have to be a beam that's literally strong enough to hold the. Koura. it just has to look like it could, sorry, it doesn't have to be a Koura, a crossbeam that looks like it can hold the brick. It just has to be, that, that can actually hold the brick. It just has to look like it could hold the brick. It just has to be a Tefahwad, even if it's very flimsy. That's this concept of roin. So again, so Reb Yosi Reb says roin. we can apply roin to this case. We can take the one brick at the bottom and view it as if it's on the top of the wall, Next to this top beam, or the other way round, and if they would be able to support an Ariyach, a brick, it would be valid. And Omar Abaya Abaya explained <laughs> Rabbi Yoisi Berebiura Sovalo Kavua Bechada, Upalikoleo Bechada. Rabbi Yoisi Berebiura agrees with his father in one halocha, and he argues with his father in one halocha. Sovalo Kavua de He agrees with his father in one halacha, because he holds with rotten. His father was the one in the Mishnah who said, We view a flimsy beam as if it's metal, as if it's strong. And he's agreeing with that. He's saying we view the one beam that's higher as if it was lower. The one beam that was lower as if it was higher. So he holds that. And he argues with his father on one halacha. I'll give you a clue what that halacha is. Remember the first Mishnah, the Tanakhama Kama said the maximum heart of a mabu is 20 amos. Which Rabbi Yoisi just said. What did Rabbi Yehuda say? Any heart. We discussed. Is there a maximum conjurabiad? Anyhow, says Upoly he argues with his father in one lo. His father, Rebi held the koira can be as high as you want. It doesn't have to be within 20 Amos. And Rebi Yehuda holds Rebioisi, his son holds it has to be within 10 amos. Okay. That ends that discussion. We now go on to the next line of the Mishnah. Since Rabbi Yehuda said that, again the Mishnah, that as long as the beam is a tefach wide, even if it's not actually strong enough to support an Ariach, a brick, it is a good... It's it's a good chorah It's a valid chora that... Um, that would allow you to carry in your Mabui. So he says, Rav Yehuda was teaching Rav Chiyabah Rav, Kaimed the Rav, before Rav. And he said, As long as it's wide enough, even if it's not strong enough. So Rav said to him, No, teach that it has to be wide enough and strong enough. Ah, that's a mistake. The way that most people have, that you're learning this Mishnah, that it has to be wide enough and and not strong enough is a mistake. It has to be wide and strong enough. But Rabbi Lai said in the name of Rav, He said if it's four wide, it's a valid Korah, even if it's not strong. We see that Rav agrees that the Korah doesn't necessarily have to be able to hold the Oryach, the brick. So the gemorals are no Rehova Arba Shaini. If it's Fort Fochim Wad, it has a new status, it's different. I, a regular Koura, I guess one Tefach up to Fort Fochim, still, according to Rav, according to every, Rav holds that everyone holds, it has to be strong enough to support Ariach. As soon as it's wider than Fort Fochim, I don't want to go into it now, but there are other reasons to say that it is a good Koura. or at, at works to fence as, a, as to allow carrying in the mapoy. Okay, then Rabbi Yehuda mentioned, social class? Mike Majbelanda, Amrini and Roy, what's he coming to teach us that we say? Roy, that's what we just taught. Rabbi Yehuda came along and said, if you have a weak beam, you can view it as if it's metal. Sorry, Rabbi Yehuda said, if you have a, yeah, he says, even if it's not, sorry, so what did he say? He said it it just has to look wide enough to support the orureach, but it doesn't have to be strong enough to support the riaach and Then he gives an example he says, so if it's of straw or reeds, you can view it as if it's metal. It sounds like those two points are saying the exact same thing. What's he coming to add by say adding this example of straw So the Gomorrah answers, um you might have said it has to be of this type of material that's generally strong enough. I generally, let's say, wood is strong enough to support an area you have a very weak piece of wood. Maybe it was eaten by termites or something. It looks like it could support the bead that's strong. Though the the area of the brick is strong enough. What would be if you use straw? Maybe it wouldn't be okay. So therefore, Reb Yehuda comes and gives this example of even straw. How much more? than it comes to teach us that it doesn't even have to be of the type of material that's strong enough to support a beam, as long as it's a tefachwad. Okay, Akuma. Then we said. If it's a bent beam, view it as if it is straight... obviously, why should it matter that the beam's a little bit bent? says no, it 's coming to teach us what Rebizera taught us if it is within the mabui and the bend is outside of the mabui, so if you look at this beam, it bends outside the mabui um. I try to make it uh, as clear as possible um, this this beam bends outside of the mabui so maybe the bend should invalidate it so he Or what happens if it's bent the other way the most of the cross beam is te- in 20 amos but the bend in the beam goes above 20 amos what happens if it's a low beam the other way around? That the beam is above 10 him, but the bend or the curve in the beam goes below 10 kumoso You view it as if you would cut out that bend. And there's not a gap of 3 him. You would not have to bring a Korachiris. The Imla Kara you would have to bring a Koracheris. So for example, if you see where it's in my diagram where it's a little bit darker red, you cut, you view it as if that's cut out. Now if there's then a gap of three tfuchi between the two straight parts of the poles, either parts of the pole that are within the within the mabui. Then you can say lovud, you can view it as if the pole joins together and it's one long beam. But if not, if it would be if you would take out the bend, which is outside the mabui, and you and you and the beams are now the two halves of the beam are further apart than three then you would have then it's not a valid beam. Since so Honami that's also obvious. Obviously you can apply Lovud to say the beam is one long straight beam is no he beteuch maboy welcome to kutsla maboy struggle now we need it specifically from the to add to teach us regarding where the bend is outside the maboy you might have thought, people might be drawn after it, or they might come to follow the bend and carry there. that? We're not worried. Us, you might have been concerned that maybe since this bend, this curved part of the beam goes outside the Mabui, people are going to use the Mabui, the, the Korah as their guideline where they can carry up to, and they might accidentally carry out of the Mabui. You might have thought that, so therefore it's actually... Not a problem as long as you can say Lovud, you can carry in this Mabu, it would be a valid Korah. Um, if it's round, you view it as if it is a square. Why do I need this example? Obviously we've seen that if it's bent, if it's Weak everything we say, this case of Roin, we say, view it as if it could support the Oriach, it can't really support an Oriach, it's too bent, it's too um flimsy, etc. Why do I need another example if it's round? He says, No, it's safe for it's we need it for the second part. He says, The measurement that if the circumference of this thing is three t'fochim, the circumference, if you wrap a string around it, is three tefach, then you can assume that it has a width of a tefach and that would be a valid kohra. The Gemara asks, what's the source? When in the Torah do we see that the ratio of a circumference to the diameter is a tefach? Let's see the answer and I'll come back to raise a few issues on this. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Omer Kroh. Rabbi Yochanan says from the following posuk. Says, hayam says, This is Shlomo. He built a huge basin, which was called the Yam, a sea, for the Khanim to wash their hands from, etc. But when he was building the basin, He actually says, hayam He made the Yam, this this basin out of metal. Eser ba'amah misfosah It was 10 amos in diameter. Ogul savuv. And it was round. V'chameish ba'amah k'ob And it was 5 amos high. V'kav shloisho ba'amah yisov oiso Soviv. And its circumference was 30 amos. So what do we see? The diameter was 10 amos. And the circumference was 10 amos. Then the Gomorrah just asks, but what about the rim of this basin? If you're measuring the inside of the basin, I think I might have a picture of the basin. Um, We're going to basically say this is the basin, but if you have the round basin, if you're measuring the diameter of what it holds, you're going to measure the inside of the rim. And if you're measuring the circumference, aren't you going to measure the outside of the rim? So I'm a rapop, rapop, as fast as fast shushan. No, the rim was as thin as a lily. Ksivbe is the shushan ksiv ksivbe. It's written as if it's thin as a lily. Ksiv as the Posuk says, of tefakhs vasok kois. It's the thickness of its, of its rim was as like a glass. Porakshushan, like a lily. Al-foyim bas-yochil, and it could hold 2,000 bas. Okay, we'll come and learn what bas is soon, but it could hold that. Of kamashu, but there's still this little bit of thickness that should make a difference in the ratio of the circumference to the diameter. Ki kohoshiv, mikabai no, it's actually measuring the circumference from the inside. So you're right, the diameter is measured on the inside, which is 10 amos, and the circumference going round is also measured on the inside, being 30 amos. What is um? What's the now? Just yeah. Now this is very interesting because we know what's the ratio of the diameter to the circumference. I. the famous number pi, which is actually three point one four one five etc. It's an irrational number. It's not three to one. Um, that's one question. A second question is um, why do I need a posok? To tell me something that I can just measure. Oh, we said, how, how do I know that, a circumference, that this, the ratio of the circumference to the diameter is three? I've got a pasuk for that. When do we ask for a pasuk for something that you can measure? Just take your string, take your measuring tape and do it yourself. You don't need a pasuk. Minahani mili, what's the source for this? So, I saw in the back of, of the Gemara, there's a commentary called the Cheshek Shlomo. And he says, very interesting, he says, he asks this question, and he actually says, the Rosh asked the Rashba, but we're missing that chuva. He says, we have the question that the Rosh asked the Rashba, those are two of our great, great Rishonim, the one was the famous Ashkenazi Paisek, and the one was the famous Spardi, but um, the Rosh asked the Rashba, and we don't have the answer, but he wants to suggest... And he says he supports this with how uh, the Rambam learns and stuff. He says, No, what we're bringing from the POSOK is you're right. It's not exact. It is the wrong measurement. It's 3.14. It's not, um, it's not 3 to 1, it's 3.14 to 1. And therefore, the POSOK is coming to tell us that you can go lenient. And even if you estimate and say it's 3 to 1, that's fine. Why do we see you go? You, so even though you're going lenient, the pasuk is telling us that since it's a small amount and it's hard and that's what it looks like it's sufficient and you can go lenient by measuring it as 3 to 1 even though it's really 3.14 to 1 just a very interesting idea on this uh, on this posuk. Um if you the Vilna Gon points us out I remember in school we were taught it I don't know which safer they have it from in the Vilna Gon but they, um, the, my teacher said it in the name of the Vilna Gon it says It says the kav shloishim and the circumference, the line of the circumference, was thirty amos. The the, the Now, um, now in the novi, oh, let me see. I might even have the psukim open, and it will be the easiest. Um, in the Novi, we know there's such a thing as a Ksiv and a Kri. The Ksiv, sometimes the way that it's written in the Chumash is not the way that it's read. Yeah, I don't have the posse open. Now, the way that this word is written is kuf, v- um, kuf vav hay, And the way that it is pronounced is Kav. kuf hay so he says that's a gematria of... Um, the first one is a gematria of 111. Kuv, of He, 100. Vov is 6 and He is 5. So 111. And the gematria of Kav is 106. He says if you... Now, if you take the... Obviously, the clear, the clear r- um, ratio between the diameter and the circumference is 3. So you multiply... What it looks like. I what the text is. By 3. So 111 times 3. And you divide it by what it is in actuality. i how we actually pronounce it. 106. And the number you end up with. Um, is 3.1415. So the Vilna Gaon. I mean it takes a super genius. Like the Vilna Gaon to spot that in the psukim. But he says you take the. What it looks like, oh yeah. What it what it's, um, you take the way it's written divided by the way it's pronounced, and uh, what what it looks like in contrast to the way it's thing, and you end up with three point one four one five. It's not from there; it goes a few numbers, a few digits off from pi, but that's it's it's an amazingly accurate. Uh, pi is uh, three point one four one five one something, and this is three point one four one five oh nine. Sorry, Basil. Twenty two divided by seven. Yeah. Twenty two divided by seven. Yeah, so pi is an it's irrational. Twenty two divided by seven. Yeah, so this obviously works out to be the same thing as that, but I thought oh, or very similar to that. Yeah. Um but that's uh so that's uh, the Vulmagon that's a nice idea on this POSOK. Um the calculation is correct. Yeah. Um, and actual pies, I think, as I said, it's 14151 something. But this is 141509. It's... 1, 4, 7, 2, okay, whatever the exact numbers are there, it's close enough to be an, a, a very... A, a, a very special idea. We often gloss over ah, the way it's written, the way it's pronounced, let's move on. And there's obviously deep uh, meanings behind each and every word and letter in the Torah, between each and every xiv and kri, between each and every uh, gematria of each and every letter. Okay, carrying on, Alakamura is just going to teach a uh, getting to, I hope you got your mass brain with you this morning, for a little bit of a discussion about this, and the volume of this Yam that Shlomo made. This Yam that Shlomo made could hold 150 mikvahs, good mikvahs. How much is a mikvah? So we know 40 sayah. As we're going to see now, a mikvah is 40 sayah, and remember, we, we saw it earlier, but we're going to see it again now, what's the Parameters of that? What's the dimensions of that? It's one amma by one amma by three ammas, so forty seah is contained in three cubic ammos. Okay, let's see that inside. He says, so this yam that Shlomo made could hold a hundred and fifty mikvaos. Says mikva how, how much is a mikva forty seah? Could it we learned in the brayser? The pasuk says varachat mikvah in the waters of a mikvah. The pasuk continues, all his flesh, enough water that his whole body can go in at once. Amal Amos, one amma one amma with the height of three amos. and the Chachomim calculated that that a is forty So So how much could the Yam hold? hold. Now we actually start off with an assumption that the yam was square. It says, 500 cubic amos. How do we get that? Because remember we said it's 10 amos long, so 10 ammos by 10 ammos and it was 5 amos deep, with 5 amos high, so 10 by 10 by 5, 500 cubic amos. So it, it breaks it into different parts, let's slice mea maya. maya. For out of hundred, out of three hundred of those cubic amos, you get a hundred mikvahs. Le the v'chamishim for hundred and cubic amos, chamishim you get fifty mikvahs. Says ba'arba maya v'chamishim. we see that from you only need four hundred and fifty cubic amos to make one hundred and fifty kosher mikvahs, and we said there five hundred. So what? Where's your calculation wrong? Why we said that there were we we calculated that this mikvah could hold this yam that Shlomo made could hold five hundred cubic amos, but we see only. But Rabbi said it could only hold one hundred and fifty kosher mikvahs, so we off by fifty cubic amos. So he says now, honey, That's if it was square. If it was square, Shlomo. the yam that Shlomo made was round. Mirdi yasarala A circle, a square is a quarter more than a circle. If you take a square, 10 by 10, and you draw a circle in it, you end up with a quarter more. We would actually call it 33 more, but remember the Gomorrah often calculates from the final. But okay, a quarter more. arba meya. So for 400, where we said 400 cubic amos, that's actually only 100 La La'meya, esrim v'chamisha. But for then the remaining 100 cubic amos, which is really um, 75, you only get 25. So so you only have 120 mikvahs, but the price said 150. So the price knew that there were 150 mikvahs, but according to this calculation, if it was round, with a 10-ammer diameter and a 5-ammer depth, it would only hold 125 mikvahs. No, the bottom three amos were square, and the top three amos were... Round. or granted you can't say it was the other way round that it was round and then square, etc. because it says its lip was its rim was round. How do you know that it how did he know that it was three amos square and two amos wide and not one and one? He says Lois don't think that Dirsiv Alfine Bas Yochil could hold two thousand Bas. Bas Kavahayin, how much is a bas? Shloisha same. Do you see? How do I know that a bus? Shloisha maser habas min hakul. The you could take maser of a bus from a Kur. A kul we know is thirty saya. So what's maser of thirty saya? Three saya, ten percent. So we see that it's three. Says the Havelu Shisa Alpha Gardi. So this two thousand bus is actually six thousand saya. Oh, but elsewhere we say that it could hold um, two thousand batim. Sorry, 3,000 3, batim. Yeah, shows, and we so is it two or three? Make up your mind. How much could it hold says that 's for the heaped measure i when you calculate things that are dry, you end up you can actually pile them on top so water liquid it could only hold two thousand batu but if you were filling this yam with dry, you could actually fill it with three thousand now we we see that when you're piling something on again when you have this ratio of uh, of uh, well i guess ten diameter to three to five depth you get a third more in the pile what you can pile a heaped teaspoon would be a third more than a level teaspoon that's basically what we're saying even though they have bases so these following large items if they can hold 40 sayah of liquid measure, which is the same as 60 sayah, a third more of dry measure, now I don't want to get involved here, but basically he's re-emphasizing this point and a ramification of this, that what holds a liquid measure can hold a third more in dry measure because you can heap it up, pile it up. The relevance of this the the point of that halacha is that these things you have, they only macable tumma, they're only susceptible to tumma if they can be moved when they enter or when they fall. And they may say something that can hold 40, uh, sorry I got stopped mid-sentence. But there's a din in, in in regarding tumma and tahara that if you have very large kalim made of these materials, straw and wood, etc. Or reeds, they only mekabal tumma as long as they can be moved whether they've got art full of items or empty. And Chazal said that's 40 sayers. So if they're larger than 40 sayers, then it cannot become tome. Okay, next Mishnah. Regarding the post that we mentioned, They have to be ten for him high, but they can be any size. They don't have to be a specific height or a specific width. Rabbi Yoisi says, if their what is three t'vachim. Um, he says they have to jut into the Tanah They don't have to go any amount into the amma into the Mabui. And Rabbi Yossi says they have to jut three t'vachim into the amma. Remember the Mishnah sort off these Side posts. It's lechi in singular and lechayin in plural. So he says lema trans <laughs> tamak It seems like this Mishnah is going like Rebbe <laughs> sorry, Rabbi To sorry, Rebbe Yeah, remember Rabbi Leze said you need a lechi on either side of the amma of of the mab. Which was Bei Silal who said you need one lechi. Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer said, you need a Lechy on either side. So he says, no, lo, my Lechyin. what does it mean when it says lechi the armor? It's saying, it's not saying this maboy needs lechis. It's saying lechis only require. Hi, we're speaking about lechis in general. It says, so my Oh, well, then the previous Mishnah said korah a beam. It should have said koros beams. When we're discussing these cross beams, it's like, so while there is it in singular, and here is it, in, and here it's in plural. This is not hachikomer. What This is what our mishnah is saying. These lechis that Rabbi Lezer and the Chachomim argue about, their height has to be ten him. i this that is a mackerel whether you need 2 or 1 but those they both agree it needs ten for and they can be any side become a so become a how much is koshu? tani even if it like a drawstring of a cloak i uh, you know in the in your hoodie or that little lace that's how thick it has to be it really doesn't have to have um, a substantial size to it um yeah tana... Lehi El If you make the Lehi halfway into the Mabui. You don't make it on the end of the Mabui. You retreat back into the Mabui and set your your Lehi up there. You only have one um You only have half a Mabui. Pshita, isn't that obvious? This is Rather say, not that he doesn't have half the Mabu, he says that he has half the Mabu. That's equally obvious. Whether you tell me, if you put the, the lechi halfway into the Mabu, you have half the Mabu to carry in, or you don't have half the Mabu to carry in, that's both equally obvious. You might have thought, no. Maybe a lechi that is halfway in the Mabu is also to use because you might come to accidentally carry in the whole Mabui, come Malan, it comes to teach us that that is a good mabui. Omarova If you made a lehi in the mabui, but you raised it three tfuchim from the ground, oy na kaisel shloisha, o you placed it at a distance of three tfochim from the wall, you haven't done anything, it's not a valid lechi. And I feel Rebishuma Mengamel Da Omrim Domrinan Da Omar Omrina and Lovud, and even Rebishum and Gamil who says we do say Lovud, Hani Mili Lamala, that's only on top of what we're discussing or regarding high up Avalamatha. But if we're discussing on the ground, Kiva and Dahave Michitza Shia Gdim Bokimbo Loko Omar Since it's a breach that a machitza partition that Little kids, young goats could just walk through. It's not valid. It's very interesting. Um, if it's lower than 3 Tvachim, then you've got, you can rely on Lovewood. And also remember, they're going to have to crawl under it so it's a good partition and it's fine. And you can say Lovewood. If it's above 3, even according to Rabbi Shimon Gamlil, who says you can still say Lovewood, you run into the other problem of... Any mechitz, any partition that doesn't reach the ground or is street fog away from somewhere, young goats can run through it easily, invalidates it. So you run into that problem and it still would not be a valid lechi, even according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Oh, when would Rabbi Shimon Gamliel say lechi? Would say lovud? To join a wall to the roof or to join the wall to the crossbeam cross which is hovering above it. Or maybe if there's a gap higher up, but of three tefachim, then you can view it as next to each other. Okay, Rabbi Yosi, I'm says it has to be three tefachs. I Reis, the Tanakama said that the lechi can be any thickness at all. Rabbi Yosi says it has to be three tefachim. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Amar Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi in the name of Shmuel. Ain halacha, Rabbi Yosef, loy behilmi ve loy belechayim. Halach is not like Rabbi Yosi, neither by Brian, and nor by these side posts. What, I don't know if you remember Hilchah Shabbos. I didn't remember it until I looked in Rashi and had to check back. Um, we know that you're not allowed to pickle items on Shabbos. It's Isud Rabbonin to pickle items. So Rabbi Yossi says you're not allowed to pickle them at all. You're not allowed to make any amount of salt water. As the Chachomim Held you could make a little bit. Rabbi Yossi says you're not allowed to make any amount at all. So that's the halach is not like Rabbi Yossi regarding Hilmi the Bran and also not the Lechaim. Either the Lechaim don't have to be these doorposts can be half a tefagwad. Omalay Rav Huynabar Rav said to Rav Yosef Behilmi, O Belechi on Loy Omartalon. You told us this regarding, Hilmi that the Halacha is not like Rabbi, um, not like Rabbi Yosef, but you didn't tell us that regarding the Lechis. May Shna Behilmi. She says, well, what difference does it make which one I told you about? The halacha should be the same. It's either one... It's either... The, it's Reb against the Rabbonon. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so... Um, where were we? Yeah, so so Rav Huna said... Rav said said... Chinana said to Rav if you told us the halacha is... Not like Rabbi regarding Hilmi, but you didn't say it to us regarding Lechayin. So, so he says to what difference does it make? It's Rabbi Yossi against Rabonin. If I tell you that Aloha is not like him in one case, it's most likely not like him in the other case as well. Remember, if you have an individual sage arguing on the majority, which we generally, whenever the Gemara is anonymous, or not, whenever the Mishnah is Chachomim or Rabonin, or there's an opinion and then a second opinion, we assume the other opinion is the majority. She says, No, Elech is different because Rebbe goes like him. We saw this earlier. Remember when we were discussing the large courtyard that, opens, that was breached into a small courtyard? We basically said that it's 11 Amos and the other one's 10 Amos and we came on that's because it's, that's Rebbe and Rebbe holds like Rebbe Yosef, that it has to be 3 Tvachim. So therefore maybe in the other case the Halacha is not like Rebbe Yosef, but here you have Rebi and Rebbe Yosef the Halacha should be that the Lechi has to be 3 Tvachim. Just remember why they're having this whole debate of what Rebbe Yosef actually said because remember we mentioned this Rebbe Yosef got sick at one point and he forgot his learning so he wasn't exactly sure what he had said. Sometimes he Said new points and they seemed to contradict his old points, and they would try to resolve them. And sometimes he just wasn't sure what he said. Rav Rachumi taught it as follows. He said, Someone said, Omar of Yehuda, Bredra Rav Shmuel, Bar Shilas, Mishmay Rav, Ein Haloka Krebi Yosi, the Halok is not like Krebi Yosi, Loibe Hilmi, Veloibe Lechayim. Omar Leo March, is that what you said? I they asked Rav they asked Rav or I'm not sure if it was Rav or Rav Yehuda, Bar did you really say this? So says no I never said it. He says, What do you mean? By God you did say it, I was in your shir and you said it. Um, and I put and I, and it's become part of our tradition. He says, no, my time at Bay. so why did he retract? By saying I never said it, he's not saying I never ever said it, he's saying I don't say it anymore, I've retracted. So he says, Because as a principle, Rabbi Yosi, the depth is with him. Rabbi Yosi is always, whatever he said, he said it very clearly, and he gave good reasons, good support for what he said. And therefore the halacha should be like that's why he retracted and he said, actually, even though it's Rabbi Yossi against the Chachomim it should be like Rabbi Yossi. So, Rava, Barchan Labai So, what is the Halocha at the end of the day? He says, Omele Mai Amadvar. He says, Go see what people do. I, you want to see whether we pasken like Rabbi or the Tanakama? Go see how people build their Lechis. How do they make the lechi to their Mabui? And Rashi points out that if you went and looked, we don't really have any Mabuis. But if you went and looked, they were theirs were all small. They never had three Twachim Lechis, they all had small lechis. So that would be the Halocha would be like the Tanakama. Um some said this point was on a different halocha. Okay. Total change of pace. You need a little break of a ruvin from discussing Ayrubs, here's your here's your break. It says Hashoy se let samo if someone drinks water because they are thirsty, Oymer Shakul Nibidvaro, they say Shakul Nibidvora Birtafun, Oymer Bitafun says, No, that's not what you say. What do you say? Borain of Fashosh raposhra non, I'll call Say this other Brokh of Bora what we call Borain of Fashos that we say actually as the after Brah. So again, okay, if someone's drinking water because they're thirsty, so Machloykas, do you say Shakol do you say Boray no Fashos? And Omalia Rabchhan la baya ilchisamay Rabhana said what's which one should which bracha should we say so, go see what people do go see when people are thirsty and they're about to take a glass of water listen to the bracha they say and you'll know the halacha from that way it's interesting to point out we don't really have mabuis nowadays that's why we wouldn't if, if this was nowadays if I says go see what a mabui is like it wouldn't really help us and interesting I did point it out at the beginning of the Masechta but it's an interesting point to be aware of is our Eruv is set up actually with Tzuras HaPesach. It's uh, two poles with a string across, a wire across the top. So that's actually a Tzuras HaPesach, not a Khoira nor a Lechi. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.